We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking e-games, cannabis, blockchain, and so much more without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athugal Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing understandably middle. middle. Understandable. <laughs> well, three brothers, various shades of brown, <laughs> bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Dun. There it is. Dun, 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 dun. I have no idea where I was going with that one. I, I was, you I, never do. Yeah, you never, never do. do. You never so, do. Some days, some, hey. days, some days I had some. I was trying to think of a hip-hop beat that I can really, that I can you, I can say, but I don't have one. Hip-hop, you were, the way you look, you, you about to go Phil Collins on us with that button right, up. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, we're kicking off this episode of the Whiskey Hue, and strangely enough, oh, Anthony has on a, a white collared shirt. Have I had a college shirt for an interview? No, um, I don't want an interview. Let me tell like you, he's going on an interview. Looks the only like thing it. he's missing is a tie. And we don't know who this guy is. I got right shorts now. on now. I got shorts on. So, <laughs> yeah, always shorts. <laughs> yeah, that's what you know. The, the lady's like, "Hey, you got to meet my parents for lunch. Wear something nice." <laughs> you a new lady. Okay, so let me tell you. So I haven't. We're, 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 <laughs> let's keep you on track. Uh, glad to have everybody here for this episode of the Whiskey Hue. Uh, we're gonna kick it off. We're gonna have a good episode. Um, what's been going on, fellas? Jump, jump right in. Speaking of my white white button up that I have on right now, I went to my first in person networking event. I went to the uh, Propellify thing last week. Let me tell you something. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was better than that time we tried to go a couple years ago. Remember when we, we, started, That's we, we started off at your house and we were like, ah, we'll go to it later. A, bob, a bottle of bourbon or whiskey, and we were. <laughs> That's how we made it there. This time, well, this honestly, that's going, when the whiskey was, he was born. Yeah, I think it really was. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I went to it this time. It felt uncomfortable, man, being in person for the first time. Yeah. Like I was, I got it was just overload for me. Like you know, this was like me networking. I'm going around talking yeah. to people after an hour, hour and a half. I was like, I'm done with this. I was like, I'm over. You got sniffles? You got sniffles? You got a fever? What are you doing? What's going on? I already got the COVID. No no need for me to stay any longer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good thing is these events, I went to another one last night at the Fist Serve office and up in uh, Berkeley Heights. And, uh, you know, they check your, they check your, you know, your vaccination card. You have to come in uh, with that. So, and they made they made us wear masks. I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. They made you wear a mask. They made you wear a mask. Okay. It was like, hmm. Yeah, so it was cool. The CEO was there. The Fist Service is blowing up. FinTech is from the corporate Killing side it. is blowing up in New Jersey. Killing it. Killing yeah. it. Yeah, we're yeah. looking at I'm doing my first in-person kind of lecture. I've been doing them all like this for like last 19 months. And so it's, it's kind of weird, kind of nervous, but you know, because uh, I, 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 I should come to your lecture, man, and I'm just going to start asking Col- questions in the background. Columbus Circle. Dude, and I'll be like, that clown ass dude is. Do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> I don't think you know what you're talking about. Come, come. That'll be fun, man. Be like, sing a song. We sing a song. <laughs> Living single. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong crowd. Let me tell you something Wrong funny that came crowd. out of Namek last week. So we all we all did that old we we own Tech Thursday, right? We did the Whiskey Hue podcast at four o'clock PM. That was dope. We did the startup showcase earlier. Highly rated, AG. Thank you very much. Sit down. Um, no, but it's funny because starting Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Monday, Monday, Tuesday, some people started, you know, they reached out to me on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm looking forward to your session. Saw it last year, like mm-hmm. five, six, seven different people. One person, 
you know, I didn't ask her name. I, I didn't ask her permission to give her name, so I won't, but she was dope. So we had a really good exchange. She goes, she started listening to the podcast then. And then, cause she, she, I'm going to check your podcast out. I'm going to, on the, on Thursday, check out the showcase. She loved it. And then she kind of responded on LinkedIn the next day saying, Hey, I listened to a few episodes. She goes, I like it. And she goes, Hey, can you tell the dude who's always talking smack about the Green Bay Packers to stop? I'm like, absolutely not. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) She told told you to stop talking smack. (laughs) I'm like, and then she starts giving all this Packer love on my LinkedIn. I said, I don't need to wake up to this on my LinkedIn. Let's keep it professional, man. But like I said, no, your dude's dope. He's legit. He'll be playing for the Steelers next year. So enjoy your year. (laughs) But no, it was kind of cool to get that kind of thing. Go ahead. Clyde's trying to wrap us. Go. No, no, no. I think like you were it. good. <laughs> and to 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 uh, to piggyback on that, I actually went to an event as well on fintech. Um, saw Jim McKelvey, co-founder of Square, speak, and he's doing some really interesting work. Uh, wow. Talked about his early early days of starting up uh, Square with Jack Dorsey, as we know him here as Africa Jack, um, and just Jack. how he's always been, <laughs> how he's always been brilliant. He said he's known him since he was fifteen. Um, and by 16, he was leading up a team. Um, he's just been that brilliant for that Dang. long and talking about how he's doing so, so many cool things and how they're, um, uh, um, he's continuing in the fintech space with a new project. It's very interesting. Um, but I won't dive into it here, but yeah, it was, it's the in-person world is live and is going on. And, you know, between NFL football, um, concerts, conferences, I think everything is just pretty much back. So one of the things I, I want to do is a football game. I was trying to think about going to that. Oh, huh. Oh. People are fighting at these football games, man. <laughs> I like it. It's America. America. <laughs> Nothing like fighting at a football game. That's America. I saw one one dude take on eight people and one lady. Wait, uh, eight dudes and one lady. I'm like, damn. And the ladies once it started it. <laughs> yes, yes. I think it was at the Pittsburgh Steelers game, wasn't it? I think it was. No, well, there was the one Rams. At, Probably yeah, the Rams game. Yeah. The Rams charge. I was like, damn, that was bad. She threw see something at him and then boom. He oh, sm- no. he turned around, smack five people at a time. <laughs> it's kind of dope. I mean, that's, that's you don't need a uh, Netflix. You got entertainment, live entertainment right here. <laughs> anyway, uh clean this up, Clive. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna kick into this episode. I think it's gonna be really good, but before we do so, because we are the whiskey hue, we're gonna talk about our whiskey of the day, fellas. Um you know, I think we didn't talk about the whiskey of the day, but you know, this is this is real live action. So, uh, I want to talk about something I've been sipping on a lot lately. Uh, Basil Hayden. Uh, Basil Hayden is something that oh, you know I've become a big fan of, and one that um, you know I decided for this episode I was going to be sipping on. I didn't tell you guys, but you know um, I'll go into it. I think you've all had it before. We may have even covered yeah. it in the past, but. It's yeah. one where I want to dive into a little bit more because I think it's uh it's uh it's 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 a hidden gem in my mind. The price point is pretty good and um mm-hmm. I invite everybody to check it out and we'll dive into it a little bit later. It's a staple. Always need to have one. Yep. Yeah, so so this this episode today is gonna to be inspired by a fact. Uh, twenty fifty three, the year. African Americans wealth will fall to zero. Uh, we're talking about we're talking about generational wealth in this episode of the Whiskey Hue, and you know I, I pull out African Americans specifically because right now I think if you look at African Americans versus our white counterparts, the wealth net worth wealth uh, index is ten to one, so we're roughly worth about 
$17,000 today, median household uh, wealth income. Um, and the average white family is worth about $117,000. Um, and that number is trending down to 2053, where we're, we're going to be on the road to zero wealth is what the African-American families are headed down. So this episode today, near and dear to all of our hearts, I think Athul has touched on this many, many times before earlier in our episodes. Uh, we're all passionate about it. But, you know, we want to talk about generational wealth um, just from our perspective of the Whiskey Hill. I think there are some things out there that, you know, we've had financial um, educational people on who shared their insights. And it, I forget that episode, yeah. but you can go back and say it again. Go back, go back and check it out. But uh, this one we want to dive into. So, starting off with 2053, fellas, what are your thoughts? How we, how do we, what are your thoughts about that stat, and how do we dive deeper? Even before that, 2030, Uh-oh. you know, eight nine years from now, uh, the majority of global wealth will be controlled by women, right? Because we're more graduating in higher numbers, and this is a global play. Uh, graduating in higher numbers than males now. Women are outliving women, men. And so this is the thing. And by 2030, China will also be the largest consumer in the world. So the first time co- corporations and brands won't be just catering to the Western culture mm-hmm. as the premier, right? We're going to be kind of back, back zone. So we got to, we got to claim our spot. Got to get back in time here. <laughs> what else you got, AG? <laughs> um, well, about the question I think you know, with, with Clyde's stat is that what is that? why are we going to zero, right? Like, what does that look like and why is that the case, right? So I think, especially after a year that we've had discussions, episode after episode, after everybody's investing in equity markets and, and or, buy, you know, Robinhood was killing it. Uh, where's our wealth going? Yeah, well, <laughs> where, where's the wealth going, right? Well, why, why are we not generating wealth? And what does that mean? No, wait, what, yeah, elaborate on that, uh, Clyde, what AG saying. So what, it's going to zero. What does that mean? So there's not going to be a, a transfer. There's not going to be money to transfer to the next generation. So essentially our net worth will be zero. So the amount of debt that you have versus the income mm-hmm. you're bringing in, your net worth That's will essentially be zero. So not essentially the, the, the conversation of living paycheck to paycheck would just be exaggerated just be so much larger, especially for the African-American community. And a part of that, so, you know, Athul, Clyde, we've all talked about it on the side, you know, Athul, you and I talked about it the other day. A part of that is where we start off from, right? And, you know, when it comes down to the debt to income kind of ratio conversation, one, I think part of the issue might be, and I'm, I'm definitely not a financial analyst on this one or anything of the sort, it's the debt from African-Americans, especially when you come in, you know, from a collegiate side, right? Like if you're taking on student loans and you're starting in the negative, right? At, at that point to your work, work career and depending on, you know, not everybody's going to work on Wall Street or in finance or in certain jobs in tech to generate that wealth to kind of pay off quickly, right? And, and then you, you start to see numbers of people starting families later as opposed to earlier, um, and part of that is because of debt. And, you know, the other part is people just like having fun. <laughs> so, necessity. Yeah. Necessity. Too, right? like yeah, you're right. um, so, so, so it becomes that it, be, it becomes that side. And one of the things here is if you if you're starting in that negative, how do you get out of it and can you get out of it? And, you know, you start to have that's why you have conversations. Now, we, we've had this conversation. Do you want your kids to go into college if you're going to have that debt? 
and you don't see the benefits right away. You know, like it's a huge, huge, that's, that's not the part of this conversation, but um, I think that's how we start off in that, you know, that zero dollar sign, you know, what's that 30 years from now, 40 years, 30 net worth. Yeah. So one of the things yeah. that I'll echo what you're saying is you talk about going to college and college degree and generational wealth and kind of just having a net worth current stat by the federal reserve board um, looked at a median net worth of someone with a, college, a bachelor's degree of uh, someone who's black versus someone who's white. And essentially the, the, the value of their bachelor's degree was worth two thirds that of someone who was similar background, a white person with no bachelor's degree. Um, so, you know, their net worth is not really defined by having a higher degree, but you know, you layer on the debt, you layer on their earning potential, what you've, uh, studied, you know, all that stuff comes into play and, you know, you, you have to have, go back to that conversation around, is the education really worth it? So the, oh, I'm, I'm running my mouth. Go ahead, my bad. Yes, you is. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing we should, one thing we should look at in this pod. Okay, so those are the, those are glaringly uh, obvious to a lot of us, and glaring stats that would need to be rectified. When you have any sort of money, it doesn't have to be wealth. When you have any sort of money, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's true for every race, every ethnicity on the planet. I think we should eventually in, in a few minutes talk about what you can do to kind of increase your net worth. Right. And there are tools and things that you kind of find you get privy to. You start putting more money into your Fidelity or E-Trade account. They're like, well, you know, you have access to this now. I'm like, oh, what? Word? <laughs> All right. So you start to learn things. So and then you talk to friends because yeah, uh, and you start to hear about other ways of doing it with life insurance policies, which you tell you two have more information. on. But I'm, I'm getting well versed in it now. So we should talk about some of those things as well. Uh, to, in, instead of just, I like, we should bring up these g- great facts, but then let's show them let's, a way out. I think that's a great tool for our pod serves. Yeah. So the, the one thing, right. So what I've seen <laughs> from my white friends, um, as opposed to my black friends is when we talk about the transferring of wealth, um, the transferring of wealth in the terms of like, Hey, your parents pass away. Are they leaving you something? One of the things we automatically think about, oh, that someone's leaving you something, uh, that that means, hey, they got a couple, you know, cash in the bank, right? Like that's not necessarily the truth. It's about what do you have from a life insurance policy? Not everybody, not everybody has twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars to give away, right? You know, from from a cash perspective or whatever, or or, or tons of stocks or whatever that is, or investment properties or whatever. But you can transfer wealth by having a life insurance policy that takes care of your your funeral expenses or whatever potential debt your parents may have, but also leaving you something. Yeah. So more than you don't more have than the to ability to, to bury them, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I've I've had conversations with him, you know, people like, oh yeah, I, you know, the policy is fifteen thousand dollars. Like that's just handling your funeral. That's a funeral expense policy, is what you're saying, and whatever else. As opposed to you upgrading your life insurance policy to $100,000 or whatever you can afford on a month-to-month basis so you can leave a little nugget to your children that they can, from there, either invest with or use to buy their first house, right? Their first property. Instead of them having to worry about that down payment, 
right? And, and, and that, that, and then you now, you know, your children now can, your children now can start from a better place. Now they have, you know, they have some, they have a home, they have equity investments. And now they, they have a good starting place. And that's a, that's a new thought process. It's, you know, it's not about, you know, when, you know, the life insurance policy, we have to change the mindset of it just handling your funeral expenses. We have to change that from a, yeah, I would say that from a black and Hispanic community perspective. I think it's, I think it's everybody. Cause look, so we always think of life insurance policy as a death benefit. There's also a lot of life benefit that you can utilize during the, And I'm getting to know this now. I think both of you brought it up a couple months ago. I started looking into it even deeper. Can I, can I take this for a minute? Like an index universal life insurance very quickly, 10 seconds, simply, uh, simple to more complex, how banks make money off your money. And then you become your own bank. That's where we're trying to go with this, right? So you don't have to deal with them. So they pull our money with other customers' money and lend it out, right? We know that. Paying 0.04% interest to us as they charge 3 to 4 to 10, 15, credit cards, whatever, to others. And they keep the margin. Since we're not withdrawing all the money at once, they only need to keep a little bit of cash on hand, which is called fractional reserves, right? On hand, that's about 10%. What do they do with that 90%? They take 90% of all the money, let's say us three and all of our friends put our money into one bank. Yep. They put it into something called bank-owned life insurance, hmm. Right. So it's called Boli, B-O-L-I. Mm-hmm. And so there are pros and cons to this. Right. So let's go. Well, let's talk about the pros. We're positive people. No, I'm just kidding. So because <laughs> they get an average. <laughs> so they, they get an average of 10 percent on this. Right. Now, what do they do with this? Uh, usually Jeez. it's thought of, there's life benefits to it all as well, which we should talk about now. Let's cut them out. Right. Because they're making their money on mortgages, credit cards, car, business, personal loans, college loans. Let's cut them out. So one way you can do this is through the IUL, the indexed universal life insurance. Yep. Skip back 15 seconds. Hear that again. You can uh, index universal life insurance. There's so you put money into your own bank, basically, and you lend money to yourself. And that's one way that you get to control the entire outcome. And all the interest is in your favor versus a, a dent in you against you. So you can what you can do is you open one of these. You pay money into this IUL, earn interest with it, and then you can access it when needed. Right. So which means the life insurance carrier gives you money, your money in the form of a loan. So you're paying, so your money stays in the IUL, the rest of it, earning interest. So now you've cut out this other middleman, middlewoman bank, and, and here you are. So the IUL can earn on average 10%, let's say. You could do three different things. And we've yielded, we've kind of jumped on a couple of them. So one, use, use it as a high yield savings account. Typical. We heard of these, right? There's crappy ones, less than 1%. This one, let's say you get, I'm going to put a number out there, like 10%. Compounded yearly interest, you double your money every 7.2 years. The figure is if you take whatever percentage you're getting on interest, take 72 divided by that. If it's 3%, 6%, 5%, 10%, whatever it is, that'll tell you how, how long, how quickly you can double your money. Um, rewind that part again, Clyde. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so, and then number two, you can loan yourself money out of this money that you've put in at 3% interest. That you're paying in. So, okay. So now you're earning 10. What's it sitting in there? You're paying three. So you're netting seven still, right? So you put it into real estate, startups, investments, whatever you want to do. And the other money is earning. Let's say you put it into real estate or some business that's returning 20% a year. Now you're getting 20 plus the seven that's still in the IUL. It's 20%, 27% return you're getting in a year. This is a way that I've seen a lot of people come out of not desirable, uh, you know, starting points, right? And they can, and they can find a way like, oh, you can, and these are tax, you know, you want to 
keep as much money away from the tax man as possible in a legal way. All right. Um, and then retirement, you can obviously pull money out 1000. If you're putting a thousand dollars a month into it for a while, let's say or whatever, uh, and you're averaging 10% interest, that's going to be a hundred bucks, right? Uh, you know, and then, so you take the interest out and live on that interest because then it'll complement like social security and all these other distributions you're getting at that time. So just look into IUL. I'm going to look into it. When we do a follow-up episode, I, we can walk into deep details on it, but that's just one thing I want to take. I want to give it back to you guys for a moment. No, so I, no, I think- so I've heard, I heard IUL. So I, you know, like I've, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Clyde's on a delay. He's like he's not used to he's not used to AG being all dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> Got that one off. <laughs> so no, I so the one thing that I you know there's a lot of there's a lot of financial tools and um and when Clyde mentioned earlier I just it was our episode 58 um that we had with Jaquette Timmons um when we talked about some uh, different financial tools. So <clears throat> I think there's a lot of financial tools that we can rely on when it comes down to not having to, like, as Clyde mentioned earlier, 6%, making 6% more than uh, the, I was at the 3% average or inf- of inflation, whatever you can, there's other tools that are out there and a lot of it's just Googling it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and, but I, you know, I, I, I lead on a life insurance thing because listen, I've had a discussion with my own mom. My mom I was just like, mom, she was like, I'm done with this life insurance. You know, you guys are good. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, the hell we're not. <laughs> we, can always, we can always be better. <laughs> so, so was, I was just like, no, I'll, I'll take over the payments. I like, I, it's fine. I, I'm not, yeah. I, you know, like it's, it's something that, you know, if you net it out, you know, either, you know, you know, you, you know, this is the life insurance conversation. Even every time I have it with some, you know, some friends, you're like, oh, it's so dark. Life is dark. It is what it is. So, so it, it, it gets real dark if you're not prepared. And, yep. you know, yeah. you, you, you get a lot of people get really caught out there and, and, and you see it. It's one thing when you're the worst thing I, I, I go back to is like, it's one thing if you're a single, single person, you have no kids, you have, you know, it's just you, you and your, your nonsense. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Like it's you, your, yeah. your credit card debt, your whatever investments. It's just you. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, you, something happens to you gone. As long as you don't have anybody else's name on anything, it is is on you. But when you start having yeah. you know, uh, uh, your, your spouse, children, other people rely on you, it gets it gets real complicated. And, it, and, the, yeah. and so you have to think a little bit out of the box. And stop saying that living on the here and now. And sometimes, you know, we all talk about, well, no, we don't all talk about, some people do, to legacy. How is your legacy going to be led after you're gone? And sometimes that has to be like, hey, life insurance. I like what a fool brought up on the IUL. There's different ways of preparing your family for the next phase. But there's also that preparing yourself. How do you get yourself out of this zero dollar net worth angle too while you're here on this planet? Yeah, it, it, that's that's great. And, uh, um, and don't get caught up with what everyone else is doing. Just pull back, do your thing. Do no you. go fund these. Yeah, no <laughs> go fund me. Yeah, and don't ten, and don't, and don't look at Instagram. Like, don't look at Instagram either. Yeah, exactly. That 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 uh, that'll make that's you feel like th- this guy is twenty two and got two million dollars in portfolio of you, apartment you buildings. Know who's not on it? Whatever. That, yeah, one out of a million who's killed it there is posting. The other nine hundred ninety nine thousand who died on <laughs> their money died. They're not saying. They're not talking about it. Like, hey, I lost right. twenty thousand. I'm, I'm not gonna oh, post just, that. Just a side note: <laughs> a lot of people were talking smack last summer about their investments with Robinhood and. 
It's got real quiet. It's I'm got real, it's got real quiet recently. I'm like, yeah, like, absolutely. I want to know where everybody's investments are. You know what happens is, like we said, I would love you know when those reports come out about how many people sold stock that they've all bought because you know money started drying up or expenses started increasing. Yep. People started knocking on the hey, you owe us this money. And people start selling stocks that they that they had in investment. Like it gets, you know, things got real quiet. Um, you mean those stimmies? Those stimmies? Uh, stop. Yeah, I didn't want to dry up. That stimmy, no, that no. stimmy got re dried up, and people. All my po- all the posts I heard about people. Yo, you got to invest in this. You got to yeah. invest in that. There's no Where more posts for that. Everybody <laughs> just wants to talk about Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, no, but it's and it's sad. It saddens me because I and I I always you know you know my dual relationship with Robin Hood, right? I'm cool that it brought a lot of new investors to it, and I think they'll learn their lumps, and then some of them will keep staying with the game. And I think that's dope. You got young, young people, much younger than I started, getting into investing, and then but some who just don't understand the comp- complexities of taxes. Or trading in and out of things, which is a horrible thing. I did it though last year because it was it was there for the taking, right? But I kind of know what I'm doing somewhat, right? and I'll, I'll lose some, and we'll talk. Well, I'll go into my deep losses someday. I'm I'm cool with that. We should do that. Not not wasting time here. There's another way. To, let's talk about. This. I, I want to get people to figure out how they can kind of find a leg forward. If you got a hundred dollars in your pocket, ten. 10 million, whatever it is. These are the same tactics you can be using, right? So you can avoid. So real estate taxes, you can get with three percent down. You can get. A hundred, two hundred thousand, three hundred dollars property, depending on what you, what you're doing, right? You can put 10 K down on something and on a $300,000 property. So let's say you sell, I'm just going to pick easy numbers for me, right? So if you sell a million dollar property and you owe hundreds of thousand dollars in taxes, if it was an investment property, there's a thing called 1031 exchange, right? Drop this number to whatever it is, a $200,000, property, whatever it is, right? But if you identify another property within 45 days and then actually execute on the deal and close it within 180 days, you can do this and postpone taxes indefinitely until you pass away. And if you leave that to your heirs, that real estate property, it resets to current market value and they will know all and assuming real estate prices always go up, they won't owe capital, you know, capital gains taxes on. That's dope. These are things that are legacy and providing great value right now because you get the cash returns throughout, right? Cash flow. Um, Run with that for a little bit, and I'll yeah, jump into some other ones. I'm just trying to find, give you tools yeah, to get in and get out of this game. No, I thought I think oh, that's, that's a real estate person. That's, that's spot. Yeah, that's spot on. One of, one of the things that I found as I got older in life is that finding a great accountant is going to be worth so much. Is going to be worth so much to you. Um, one of the things that you know, I've been through a number of bad ones, and finding those ones that can come up with creative yeah, ideas here. to look at your full portfolio. Not understand not only like where you are today, where you want to go in the future. Uh, for example, like the real estate that you mentioned, I think that's genius. Another one for me I found is that, you know, I had an apartment that I rented out. I lived there for a little bit, then I rented it out. And then they, when I when I got towards, you know, like the five year mark, the column was like, hey, you should think about selling it now, uh, because if you lived in the two out of the five years, you don't have to pay, you know, capital gains taxes on the income over Five hundred thousand if you're uh, married, and one of the things I just recently learned that you can leverage that level of ex- uh, knowledge, and then you can start an LLC and sell it to an LLC, and you can still avoid those capital gains as well. So find a really good accountant who you can have these conversations with. Um, not the H and R Block, you know. I know they're only thirty nine dollars, 
to get your taxes done. But it, it goes so much for, further than that because um, I think we've seen it with, you know, the billionaires who are doing creative things to keep all of their money. And, you know, Peter Thiel is one of the guys who. Yeah. Um, we love him and hate him. We love him, love him and hate yeah. him. Uh, wrote the, <laughs> big investor has the book uh, Zero to One number of other things, but the, the, the thing that came out recently was um, he was putting all of his shares in the investments that he was making into a uh, IRA. And, you know, because they were coming a, a in- A Roth IRA, penny, the, the Facebook, the yeah. Facebook shares, okay. yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were coming in on pennies on the dollar, and then when they went public, now this Roth IRA is, you know, multi-billion dollar Roth IRA, and he doesn't have to pay any taxes <laughs> Five, six on bill. that. Yeah, so those are like if you find a really good accountant, it's worth it. You know, the one to two or three thousand dollars that you're going to spend on an accountant. If you're doing business or thinking about business or doing investments, find someone who can say, "Okay, have you thought about this way?" Much more than just write off your office space <laughs> in your house. Well, that is find a, a good tip, account. Yeah, find no, a good, good accountant. Man, say they'll save tons, of money. and they find you opportunities, right? Yeah, because yeah. I, I I hired an accountant one time and uh. And I had to pay New York State some taxes back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, hold on, what? Who's talking about doing three in the morning? <laughs> I was like, what? New York State was like, uh, you owe us money. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's good. And, you know, we have a lot of younger folks that listen to this as well. So for the millennial group, right? It's not like our parents in the 70s and 80s and what where you actually had one job, one income stream. And then maybe you invested in something, maybe that. Now, these, like the millennial generation and the younger Gen X, I think they're going to have to have multiple revenue streams, right? To kind of play the game. So at, at the age 40, the benchmark, let's say millennials do earn more about 10, 15, 20% more than baby boomers or, uh, what's mine? Gen, Gen X, Gen X. My, my, right. At 40, they earn more. What am I? I I, I don't know. No, you're Gen X. Clyde, you're trying to play like he's Gen X. I'm I'm awesome. I'll call my Gen awesome. <laughs> Clyde's trying to be old Gen Z over here. Clyde wants everyone to think he's twenty. <laughs> he's like, when I was growing up in two thousand two, never. <laughs> I just want to be young, guys. <laughs> Gotta stay hip, man. Gotta stay hip. Find me on TikTok channel. Uh, you can be hip and old. <laughs> uh, no, but but for the for these folks, but what's what's the difference is that millennials' money goes a lot less far as far it doesn't go as far as the older generation because things are much more expensive the cost of living has gone up right so even though the salaries have increased the cost of living is so much higher the wages haven't kept up now and we're getting into this weird kind of cash 22 like a lot of people don't want to go back to work because they taste this nice life money's gonna stimmy's gonna dry out but then if they can't get into service jobs then we're going to be paying more to eat out and then we're gonna have to charge so it's going to be like a cash 22 cycle that happens these are all the things that kind of happen inflation where where inflation and stagflation happen all at once, but you know, I can go down that nerd route if you want. Well, we can do the, that the cost of goods sold, just a sidebar, the cost of goods, cost of goods are going to increase one way or the other because it's just um, not that people don't want to go back to work, like, like the issues that we're having off the shore. Supply chain. LA, supply supply chain. chain. Yep. Like we're, the, the goods are there. We just don't have enough truck drivers <laughs> to drive. It's them. actually both. It's both. Yeah, it's it's okay. the truck drivers and they're actually sending empty ship containers back to like China to load up wherever. And then, you know, cause it's cheaper to get them so they don't have to drop off stuff and just go reload and bring back again. But yeah, there's a whole play. Um, there's a lot of job opportunities for people who, who are looking for something when it comes down to truck drivers. I heard that one of the big issues sidebar with the truck drivers is that Amazon Walmart hired up a lot of people. Every- 
Like, uh, uh, and now there's no long haul drivers. Um, yeah, that makes drive, sense. To drive, drive the goods coming off to LA, you know, the West Coast across the country. Makes you know, sense. I am at Amazon. You got to do what they got to do. Yeah, I man. need my goods in one or two days. And when it hits three, <laughs> I have an issue. I'm on the phone. Well, just, I'm, I'm on it where Amazon says, yo, two days. I paid my Prime membership. Where, yeah. Where's my coffee? Where <laughs> is my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, mate. It's, it's October. Christmas shopping, oh. you should probably start now because there's going to be uh, my friends who are in retail and like fashion or whatever. The, they're like, hey, we're already having issues getting our goods in. Yep. Even Apple iPhones are ordered delays like six, seven weeks. So, you know, on things that usually are there in two, three weeks. So it's going to hit if it's hitting Apple who buys up all the chips before everybody. <laughs> More to the story, be you know, like me. Don't buy Christmas gifts. Like I'm like, hey, he's that guy. He's that guy. I'm I, I, bought, I bought my niece. I bought my niece. Everybody else doesn't need Christmas gifts. So, so if we're looking at real estate, right? If that's an investment class, I love talking about stocks. So let's talk about real estate because that's a dope place because you can get tax incentives, tremendous tax incentives and uh, other like legal tax loopholes that you can play on. So mortgages right now, it's going to normalize, right? Because everything's kind of calming down. Fed's going to begin pulling off their t- tapering their 15 billion bond market buy-ups every month. They're going to pull back. So now these housing prices will begin to fall because inflation rate, infl- interest rates are going up, inflation's happening. But if you look at 2008, 34% of a general person's salary or income went towards their mortgage, right? And we're at that same mark now. 32% of it's going to cover mortgage payments. After 2008, we know what happened. You know, homes dropped 12 to 15%. They actually really haven't recovered since until this last weird year. Um, so we might be in a slight bubble or it just might come down. If it's increased 50, 60%, don't be fret. Don't fret. It might come down 30, 10, 20, 30%. So it's still 20% higher than it was 2019. But then you can get make a play as an investment property is what I'm getting at. That's where I'm going with this. Boom. Yeah, I think that's genius because right. real estate- get people out there investing. Get out there invest. Yeah, get people out there invest. I definitely look at real estate. But one of the things I will say, if you don't want to be in the day-to-day management or landlording business, look at REITs. Uh, REITs are real, real estate investment trust where, you know, you may not get major lump sums, but they pay higher interest rates, you know, anywhere seven, eight, nine, ten percent, depending on the type of REITs that you can find. So I definitely say Google that because they have a lot of REITs that are in different types of real estate uh, opportunities. They have warehouse warehouses. Um, I recently heard about a REIT. I forget the name, but essentially it was uh, the warehousing that were owned by Amazon. Um, so someone will purchase uh, a warehouse in the middle of, let's say, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, Amazon will lease it from this company and then they pay you a REIT on that and interest on that. So there are various uh, types of REITs. And I would just say look at REITs as well. So if you don't want to be in the land management bu- building. The, where, the warehouse game has been a, an investment mm. opportunity for decades. I think, yeah. uh, who was it? Miller? Miller Light? It was Miller Light had a diversity program. Check out with the also a lot, you know, you have to check out different, you know, uh, large um, entities that they have diversity programs too. Where I think, I don't know if it was Miller or Anne, it wasn't Anheuser-Busch. Um, but years ago, they had a program for on the diversity side of investing into warehouses. Right. You invest into a warehouse, you own a piece of it and you from there could sell, bring whatever goods that you need in that space. Um, 
And then, and then you have, you know, you lease it out to whomever to, to have their, their goods there and truck drivers will come in and take it. So, and it was like an investment kind of property. They had something going on and, you know, I might have you guys take this part out because I can't remember exactly what it was, but there are a lot of those investment prop investment opportunities in warehouses as well. Um, yeah. 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 Just note to self, so, just cut out anytime AG speaks. So one of the things I think we, we want to get across here is there are many opportunities. I mean, the biggest fact, well, there are two big facts for me that, you know, I think is very important that right now, black and brown communities are projected to have zero to no wealth, uh, net, net wealth in the next 30, 30 years. There are many things that we and you can do to, to get that trend going in the right path. And, you know, we here at the Whiskey Hill want to make sure, you know, we talk business, tech, and culture, but share the knowledge that we have um, specifically with, you know, if you want to build wealth, you got to outpace uh, the rate of growth in the economy, which is roughly around 3%. So that means you have to earn uh, double that so that you can build some income, you can have it, and you can, you know, earn responsibly. Um, I think there's a lot of jewels dropped, you know, from insurance to real estate. There's so many more. I mean, we're not experts, but what we want to do is just guide you down the path, not at get all. you in a place, get you in a place where you can start to Google and search. And there are a number of resources out there on YouTube and just to, just to, just to get you to think more and more. So, um, this is, you know, just a small glimpse of where we want to help you, our listeners go and, uh, and, and learn more. So what one we want to get into I know Cloud was doing a nice job of wrapping us. Cloud was doing a nice job of wrapping. But one thing, if you're going to get what, less than 1% in a bank, pull it out, put it somewhere else, right? You're losing money, the value of your money by leaving it in the bank. That's I want to part on that. If you can get 5% somewhere else in some other type of investment vehicle or whatever, get it. And then, because it's far better than being, because inflation is, we're in inflation right now, 5 6% already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and it's going to continue for a while until we normalize. Uh, all right, Clyde cleaned us up, so we'll just jump back to that. Now, lead us up. Yeah, I was just going to jump. I was just going to jump in the shit you should know. Uh, favorite, favorite part of the show for me, where we share new information that we have, whether what, you, what you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're watching, uh, or what AG is drinking over there. It all depends, it all depends on what you want to know. <laughs> No, it's, it's not what, it's how much. <laughs> shit, you should Shit, you should not. I'm fine. I was just, See I was just like, you looking for a trick. You just acting crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's not used to my body. My mind and body's not used to this collar shirt. O- only do it. He wears a collar shirt and a bib when he drinks. All right. Keep it clean. <laughs> all right. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. You, so, I only got six. So, you want uh, to start? Uh, okay. No, no. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get rid of mine. Let me get rid of mine. Okay. Because the fool, the fool cools out. I don't know. One of you two. My, mine is, uh, since, uh, you know, we're, we're in that part of the year where every sport is going on at the same time. Mm. Um, I'm a shout out since we're from Jersey and I know you guys love all sports outside of football and basketball. Um, I'm a shout out the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Uh, here we they go. Have a, they have a, you, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Do, do you actually think, more, not, not New Jersey Devils, actually Prudential. So Prudential, um, is a major sponsor, actually the title sponsor of the arena. Uh, yep. they will use a portion of their sponsorship. Um, this is a cool thing. Of course, their sponsorship, actually, their the helmet logos that that the NHL created that you know sponsors could put their logo on the helmet of the players, uh, where they're going to allow it to be logos of black-owned businesses throughout the state of New Jersey. So they're going to allow that, and it's going to include some TV ad exposure, and so that will be on some regional games, national games. So they're going to do that for about thirteen games, uh, 
where they're going to allow their sponsorship, uh, you know, their, their sponsorship equity, I guess it's the best way to, to black owned businesses. Um, so that's a cool, um, look for a sport that struggles on the diversity side. Um, but you know, I think that's mostly just because it's Jersey and Prudential's in the heart of Newark. Uh, so I like that. And Prudential's always one that gives back, uh, to the I'm city gonna, of Newark. I'm gonna, down, area. I'm gonna double down on that. I'm gonna double down uh-huh. on that because I did, I did an event with them. Uh, they wanted to get increased. They wanted to get wealth from the South Asian community as ice, in ice hockey arenas, right? Let's get them as fans. So I threw an event with them a couple the years Devils? ago. The New Jersey Devils and Scott, uh, whatever. He's the CEO of Prudential and, and, uh, the team, uh, forget his name. What's his last name? He's great. Came out. He's, I'm a hugger. Hugs you right. And he's like the CEO of this whole place. Hope he doesn't and, hug now. Yeah. Probably not now, but like, no, but he was so good about trying to just, Hey, let's enable, let's create awareness and bring that. They want to bring in a consumer, obviously, but then let's, mm-hmm. what's the, what's do this, uh, co-partnership moving forward and celebrating community. Yeah. I listen, love it. I- I've shot out Prudential because Prudential had a, you know, a stronghold and a connection with my alma mater, my high school. And then they're tied into Newark heavily. They were one of the only headquarters in Newark for, for decades <laughs> as Newark was in, is in, was in a can, uh, and stayed there and, and, and grew the campus. So shout out to the Prudential and that, uh, partnership and using black owned businesses on their, on their logo and TB ad exposure. Cool. All right, Clyde, go. Yeah, I think yes, that's amazing. Going. Uh, AG, I think that's amazing. And one of the things that um, I <laughs> I was uh, recently at a conference around fintech, as I mentioned earlier, um, I was really fascinated by two verticals that were coming in play. One is the whole concept of buy now, pay later. Later, essentially, it's it's layaway. Uh, if, you, if you're from if you grew up in the '80s, yeah, uh, you you'll know this. Digital layaway, Kmart. That's right. Buy, buy, but buy now, Kmart. pay later is it? the the modern day version of of uh of layaway where you know brands like Amazon, Target, Walmart, uh StockX, you name it, they have some version of buy and I'll pay later. And there are a number of brands who are getting into play with this. And that's something that, you know, was stood out to me. But there was another thing that was the other side of that is a company called Gig Wage. It's a fintech company that's focused on helping a lot of those gig workers consolidate where and how they're earning money across all these different gig platforms. We've gone into a generation of people who don't really have uh, traditional jobs. They're picking up four hours of Uber here. They're doing four hours Upwork. They're doing another two hours with DoorDash. And they're coming together to pull that together so that you can have a, a, a clean paycheck on a daily basis. Uh, I thought it was really fascinating. And, you know, the fintech space is on fire right now. And, Though that, those two things really stood out to me of uh, buy now, pay later, companies like Affirm and uh, uh, a couple others. And then gig wage is after pay, Klarna. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're kind of after pay just got bought out, uh, acquired. Yeah. Uh, it's dope. Yeah. That's a dope space. I love it. Um, OK, uh, I got okay. you guys Here went we high brow. So I'm, I'm going to go low brow and I'm going to give you three of them because <laughs> you can't just do one. All right. I, I just figured Clyde was going to mention Dave Chappelle special on Netflix. Cancel culture. He took it head on and just <laughs> didn't get went scorched earth, went scorched earth. And I actually scorched earth I, is being nice. OK. <laughs> yeah, And I think we should do an episode around yeah. that. Yeah, I think in a, two weeks we're going to do it. Uh, so let, oh. we'll do that. Um, OK, another show. Not scorched just earth. Check it out. So actually, this is all Netflix love today. All right, clickbait. It's another show about how Instagram or just social media, it's it's that dude from uh, that Mark Wahlberg spin on that show, Entourage. 
Uh, remember it was based on his family loosely, his friends and uh, all that loosely entourage. That dude, Adam Greer, I think is his name. I don't remember. He was, he's the star of the show. He's actually a pretty good actor. I never really watched entourage cause it was, I heard it was great, but, um, back in the day, <laughs> but you can't do that. <laughs> right. Speaking of cancer culture, you can't do half that stuff they were doing in that show now from what I hear. Uh, so check that out. Clickbait social media and how like your life can spin <laughs> out of control with a little bit of social yeah. media play. Right. Um, next one. I'm surprised no one mentioned it. Squid games. Wow. I haven't watched it. Wow. All right. So I have some South Korean friends who are saying, hey, there are references to things they did as children. I'm just going to say there's references. Exactly. I won't. Um, things that they did as children. And there's reference to a lot of things there. And even those who are living here in America and they've reimagined it in a very violent manner. <laughs> so it's kind of shaking up their childhood. Uh, that's just to put it lightly. So check it out. It's it's a dope. It's well done. Such great cinematography in that, in that and one of the, series. And one it, the, it's dope. Well done. Netflix, that's it. I got a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. catching up. Now, one of the things that stood out to me about this whole Squid watch. Games uh, was the director had this story for 10 years and shopped it around to all the studios and he couldn't get anyone to take it. And now that he got it on Netflix, it's the number one show pretty much ever on Netflix. And uh, I just think that's pretty yep. amazing. So that story was uh, very, very, very inspiring. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, our whiskey of the day was Basil Hayden. I thought it was pretty tasty for me. I, I love it as an everyday staple. It's one of those uh, whiskeys where, you know, if you if you just want to every day. Damn. Damn. Clyde. Yeah, Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> Three Whoa. kids, man. He's like, man, <laughs> in between diaper changes. Sometimes, Damn. <laughs> sometimes you got to put the bottle down. No, we're not Step talking away. about the baby's bottle. Step away. <laughs> Everyday, Everyday staple. staple. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a nice food one. Um, I prefer Cobalt, obviously, but Basil Hayden. Yeah. It's a nice nice price point, a little cheaper than Cobalt actually, and it's a it's nice to have in the. You gotta always have it as a pull out. I pulled it out last Saturday as one of eight. You know, I don't do like <laughs> get this guy into a meeting. We pull out eight. We sample. <laughs> oh, you said you were struggling to watch the Bears game. Shots, shots, shots. Oh, you mean the one we won? I'm sorry. How'd your teams do? No, you st- <laughs> no, 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 fellas. We appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Whiskey Hue. Peace.